Hello, podcast friends, and welcome to the second episode in my power series, where I'm going through Claire Zammett's um, Feminine Power course. This week, I did not actually make it all the way through week two, and there's reasons for that that I'll be sharing later on in the show. It's definitely been an interesting week. Um, I've expressed on the podcast that I want to become a life coach and I want to figure out and learn and how to cha- learn how to change my own life and figure things out because if I can do it then definitely anybody can do it and I really want to help make that possible for other people. And so I spent some time this last week while on vacation really digging into um some courses that could help me uh reach that goal and um, I found, I had found one through looking at some local coaches who were successful and what programs they had gone through. And so I found a program, I researched the program, compared it to other programs. It's um, accredited. There's actually, there's an actual accreditation board um, for this coaching industry. Um, and I feel really good about this program, but it's, a really stinking expensive program. And there's good reason for that. And the registration for the current year of classes closes in two weeks. I spent some time talking to uh, one of the coaches who had gone through the program and asking her questions. And she was just really encouraging me that um, if this is something that I want, why wait um, a full year especially if it's something that's going to change my life. And she pointed out to me, and she was completely correct, that I have some really big stories around money in my life. I have a lot of shame when it comes to money and how I've handled it in the past or how I haven't been able to make very much money in the past. Um, A lot of shame around the idea of receiving help from other people. And so she was encouraging me that um, I should give it a go, see if I can drum up the money for a down payment on the course for this year by asking for help, which is a really difficult thing for me to do. Uh, I had done some missions work through a Christian organization when I was younger, and I'm remembering how even then it was difficult for me to ask for money to help send me on a missions trip, which is supposed to be not a big deal in Christian circles. People it's assumed that people are going to be super eager to give you money to go on a missions trip. But even then I had a really difficult time asking for help. And so even though taking this course is going to be something that has every possibility of completely changing my life, completely changing the direct trajectory of my daughter's life of helping me to achieve this goal of making a massive contribution in this world I still feel really uncomfortable with asking for help. So this is clearly something that has to be addressed um, because if I'm going to be coaching other people, I cannot myself be in a place of smallness um, or in a place of limitation if I'm going to try and help people get out of their places of smallness and limitation. So I am going to be uh, creating a video today that I'll be posting to my social media um, asking for help (laughs) humbly and um, as much as it makes me uncomfortable and I just really want to avoid it 
the time is passed for avoiding uncomfortable things. And it really just does tie into what I'm going to be talking about in a bit around power and accessing a different source of power. So in that spirit, I have um, a couple shout outs today. Um, the first is going to be a podcast, Empowered You podcast by Kelly Espino. She put out a episode here recently, episode 16, talking about self-sabotaging behavior and how to deal with that. And that's definitely where I'm at right now. I'm seeing myself uh, possibly being tempted to fall into some self-sabotaging behavior, um, some avoidant behavior. Um, and that's just my body and my brain trying to stay in a space that's comfortable. This is something that everybody deals with. And so that would be an episode I would recommend listening to. It's nice and short. Kelly is so much fun to listen to. She's so energetic. Um, and it's a good one. Another, I'm reading a book right now called Play Your Bigger Game by Rick Tamlin. I'll post that on my social media, maybe some pictures so that you can see what it looks like. And this has been a really useful book for helping me to kind of frame where I am at in my journey right now um, and understanding being able to take kind of a high level view of where I'm at and how it can inform the choices that I make moving forward. And right now I'm been reading the chapter on taking a big gulp. So taking those big, hairy, scary leaps of faith um, and really stepping out into what your passion is. So um, check that book out if that sounds of interest to you. Welcome to the podcast L-O-V-E. I am Elisa, and I am on a mission to learn the tools to make my life the best, most abundant experience I can have so that I can become a coach and help others who are living below their divinely given potential rise above their circumstances to live an outrageously vibrant existence. I am inviting you to tag along with me on my growth journey as I share what I'm learning, my thoughts and experiences, my successes, and even my failures. All right, so we're talking about feminine power. Um, Week two of Clara Zamet's course is talking about power center number one, the power to change your life. And the big thing in this week, um, and like I said earlier, I have not actually gotten all the way through this week. It's taken me two weeks to get not even all the way through one week of this course. Um, and, but that's because it's really digging in deep and doing some serious excavation on myself, and it's super uncomfortable. Um, but bottom line is the only conversation we can enter enter into to find our power is from a place of radical responsibility. How many times have you heard this? I know I've heard this so many times. Radical responsibility. I think, actually, I think the first time I heard it was from Jack Canfield. Um, And that's a hard thing to do um, when you feel like you've been pushed around by the winds of fate your entire life, where everything you do, you do to the best of your ability and you can't control the friends who leave you 
or the divorce that you never planned on or the jobs that um, end up being more difficult than expected or the all the things in our lives that, that could go wrong um, the unexpected expenses um, there's so many things and it can be really hard not to feel like it's all just happening to you despite your best efforts so this is a really challenging place but one that I recognize is completely 100% true you have to take radical responsibility for your own life because nobody else is going to nobody else is going to take responsibility for how my life turns out and I have to take responsibility for the things that I can do and the things that I do do that impact my life because we all have those um, destructive behaviors, self, um, uh, self-sabotage, the, the patterns of behavior that we use to keep ourselves feeling small and safe. Those are things that we can take responsibility for. And being in a space of never taking a risk and wanting things to stay the same is never going to get you where you want to go. You're always going to feel like there's a gap in your life where something isn't being fulfilled, something isn't being completed, where there's just a missing piece. Oh my goodness, I just spilled coffee all over myself. (laughs) Um, Oh my. So, um, as far as feminine power is concerned, like I... I, we learned in my first um, episode on this series, feminine power is a completely different power system from masculine power, where feminine power is about what is inside of us, not what is outside of us. It's not about taking action or having a strategy. It's not about uh, controlling the outcome. That's a very masculine way of being, which is not a bad thing to do. That's certainly how a lot of amazing things in our lives and in our world have been created. But feminine power is about removing the barriers to receiving. And this is where that conversation around radical responsibility and self-sabotaging behaviors comes in because we can actually be our own biggest barrier to receiving what it is that we want to create. Um, Claire talks about the types of barriers that these are, things like stories we have about ourselves and our, and our power. Um, how do we understand our ability to be powerful in this world? The stories that our culture has about us and our power, whether that's our gender, our race, our um, status in society, our social economic status. What is the story that the culture at large has about who you are and how that relates to power? And then there's also our own sense of identity, who we are and what we are capable of. Who do you believe that you who do you believe yourself to be? Um, am I just um, a woman in her mid-30s who's a single mom um, with only an AA? Fortunately, that's more than I had a few years ago. But still, I'm not super educated. Um, I don't have a real good career path. Um, you know, raising my daughter on my own with the support of my family. But is that is that the totality of who I am? Is that the fullness of my identity and all that I'm capable of? Because that potentially itself is a barrier, even though those things are all true. Um, believing that that is who I am, that's all that I will be, is 
definitely a barrier. So Claire asked a couple of questions um, in this process of excavating um, your belief systems around taking radical responsibility. And the first one was who or what have I been blaming up until now as the reason I can't succeed or haven't been able to manifest the things that I want, um, whether it's work or friendships or romantic relationships, who or what have you been blaming? Maybe it's bad luck, maybe it's lack of opportunity, maybe it's the place that you live, maybe it's your education, maybe it's other people, nobody sees me, nobody appreciates me. Um, who or what have you been blaming? It's going to be either circumstances, so things outside of yourself, or it's going to be psychology. There's something wrong with me where you turn your criticism in on yourself and start, you know, heating yourself alive, essentially, with self-criticism. And analysis of self is really a masculine place to be. Analysis is is a masculine energy. And so while there may be some truth to some of these external things, um, or even the issues that we find with ourselves through doing some self-analysis, this is not what we're going to find the power to create. Um, we have to be able to move beyond these things in order to create the things that we want. Um, with me wanting to do some a life coaching school, after having talked to one of the coaches from the school and really started thinking about this is something that I could actually do, the self-doubt, the self-sabotage, the depression, the disillusionment, and the discouragement, they really hit me hard. Um, my anxiety really started to ratchet up, and I found myself thinking things like, well, what if I fail? Uh, what if it's just like all the other times in my life where I've tried to do something or create something and it just doesn't work out despite my best interests? What if I can't get the money for this school because it is expensive? Um, what if I do pay for the program, but I fail the program? I don't complete the program or I do, but I'm not able to create a business and I'm out all this money. What if the work um, in the program is too much for me with me? working full-time already and raising my daughter? What if I just don't physically or mentally or emotionally have the ability to do this? So essentially, what if I just don't have what it takes? And there's, I wrote all these thoughts down um, in order to just kind of get them out of my head and onto paper. And it became really obvious really fast that they all start with what if. These are all... Um, things that are being made up by my mind. And these are things where I am not taking personal responsibility because I'm saying, what if something happens to me? What um, what if this circumstance happens or this happens or I just don't have what it takes? And this is not a place of responsibility. Um, it is a place of comfort and familiarity because this is all based off of who I have been in the past. This is all um, how I have thought and how I have operated in previous years. So then the question becomes, what can I be responsible for now as a source of my experience in this life? 80% of what we experience comes from information that is already inside our brain. Our brains are constantly automatically filtering out a ton of information. 
and is taking just the most important bits and using assumptions based on past experience in order to create the picture that we see and the experiences that we have. So that, and that's all based on past experience and so things that you already know. So if you want to change your future experience, you have to stop um, relying on past experiences to provide that 80% of information. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this. I know I mention him a lot, um, and there's good reason for that. So we really have to excavate our beliefs um, and our core ideas around reality and our identity. So then in order to do this, the next question that Claire asked is, what is the pattern that happens when I attempt to create? So when I've attempted to create things in the past, um, it has felt like it has gone really well for a time, and then it will rapidly deteriorate, whether it's it's friendships or all kinds of situations. And that's just the pattern that I see, and I haven't really understood what causes that. But if I'm going to take radical responsibility for that, then I have to understand you know, where am I self-sabotaging, essentially, because things don't go well and then rapidly deteriorate for no reason. And so there's going to be ways that I am self-sabotaging or not fully showing up or um, setting myself up to fail because there's a part of me that is convinced that this is my story. And if it doesn't play out this way, then there's something wrong. So in order to really discover what that pattern is, you have to get your mind and your body to talk to each other again. Because our minds, as um, the rational parts of ourselves, as the logical parts of ourselves, understand intellectually that there's a reason why things work out this way. We understand intellectually that we need to take responsibility for ourselves, um, but our bodies don't get it. Our bodies are experiential and our bodies are going to be holding on to those emotions which aren't going to be rational and reasonable um, our bodies are going to be holding on to experiences so you have to get your brain and your body talking to each other so you have to really breathe into your body and pay attention to the feeling that comes up um, whenever you experience this pattern and so what is that feeling that comes up? And then once you identify your feeling, you can start identifying the beliefs. Because when you've got the feeling, you can start naming it. You can start putting words to it. And so identifying your belief is where you start to really identify your story um, around that belief. And your story is really part of your identity. Um, I spoke last week about how um, depression can become part of somebody's identity. and It can be really difficult to give up your identity. And the same is true for false beliefs it's, or self-sabotaging behaviors. If this is part of how you identify who you are in this world or how I identify how, who I am in this world, I am somebody who... Um, always messes up in this one way, or I am always somebody who only has enough money to get by or whatever it is. And if that is part of your identity, it's going to be really difficult to let that go. It's going to have to be a conscious choice. 
And the emotional place of those beliefs and that identity is really not the place where you can um, objectively reflect on yourself and how you're going to create your life. So you have to find a different place of being that's um, not being in that um, emotional place of your false beliefs and not being in the analytical place of your psychology and your failings. You have to find a place of power to operate from in your life. And so then the question then becomes, where do you feel the most powerful in your life? I had a really difficult time answering this one. Um, it took Claire like 30 minutes to ask all these questions, and I've taken a, a week to answer them. It's been really challenging. And I had to really think about where I have felt powerful in my life, because honestly, there haven't been too many places where I feel powerful. Um, I have definitely been stuck in that life happens to me despite my best efforts. Um, lack of power. I am a victim. Um, but that's, that's not where I want to be. That's not who I want to be. That's not the identity that I want to have anymore. And so I have to find that place of power, even, even a small place of power. And so when I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, I feel powerful when I'm working out, which is ironic because my entire life, I always said I was somebody who wasn't athletic and I didn't like going to the gym. This was a big part of my story for such a long time. You can ask anybody who has known me. Um, I insisted for years that going to the gym was just not my thing, um, that I was not athletic. It was not something I could do. But when I was working on my AA, I decided I was fed up with being overweight because I'd gained a lot of weight after my divorce. Um, and I was fed up with not liking the way I looked and fed up with not being physically active because I actually was fairly athletic. I was a dancer in high school. Um, and I just didn't like the way I felt anymore. So I started going to the gym and I figured out um, I liked the classes and I just really went for it. I went all in and I started to drop the weight. I started to look really good. I started to get to the point where I may not have enjoyed the exercise itself, but I really enjoyed what I felt like to feel strong, to have a strong body that felt empowering. And so remembering that and remember and thinking through how I've again come to a place in my life where I've decided I have to work out, I have to do this for myself and just how amazing it feels to see myself growing stronger, being able to run further. That's a powerful place to be in. Um, and so that's definitely a place of power for myself. I also feel really powerful when I'm talking to people that I care about my friends, my family members, where I'm encouraging other people, I'm giving advice or my opinion um, and helping them to um, figure out who they want to be and how they want to move forward in their life in a powerful way. Using my voice to support other people feels really powerful to me. And this is a big part of why I feel like, no, I should, shouldn't say it that way. I should say, this is why I know I would make a good coach because 
it falls into that place of power for me. And so identifying where you feel powerful in your life is going to be um, part of getting to a place where you are no longer trying to force the world to bend to your will, but instead start receiving um, the things that are meant for you by being in the place where in your being in your zone of genius. So then you have to ask, how have I been showing up within my story in a way that has co-created my experience? If I know where I feel powerful, but I haven't been showing up in that place consistently, I haven't been showing up from my place of power consistently, then what have I been doing? And how has that impacted um, my experience? I noticed something funny about myself as I was answering this question. Um, where I would respond in two polar opposite ways to circumstances in my life. I would either think I can't succeed, so I'm not even going to try. Or their expectations of me are too high. Um, or, actually, or actually, I think their expectations are too high or the the whatever it is that I'm trying to achieve is too much. I can't succeed, so I don't rise to occasion. Or somebody's expectations are too small and I'm too much, so I shrink myself and try to people please. So either I'm not big enough or I'm too too big. Or the other thing I noticed is um, I will not stand up for myself and my boundaries. That's part of that people pleasing. Or I become too defensive. So I've got these two polar opposite responses that I would have and ways that I would show up and that were creating my experience. And I thought that was really weird. It's not like I have just one way that I was showing up. And it's really because I'm not centered. I'm not, I'm not centered in myself. I don't feel confident or good about who I am and what I have to offer. I'm not coming from that place of power. I'm, not res I'm responding from a place of insecurity rather than a place of empowered identity. So this, the step then is to transform that part of yourself that is rooted in the old story. And that means you have to bring your mind and your body together, your rational thoughts, the, you know, the ways that you are aware, and then your body's experience. And this is where I really started to, this is about as far as I got. Um, this week in week two of Clara Zamet's course was with this integration, um, really digging through and doing this excavation around um, where I am not coming from a place of power and where my power, my personal power center is, was really challenging. And it all definitely came to a head with me speaking with the coach from the school and um, having sticker shock around the price of the school and all these insecurities around whether or not I can do it, whether or not I'm good enough for this, um, whether I can even be successful or maybe I'm just asking too much of myself. These are all those old belief systems, those old identities and I've just reached a point where enough is enough. I am tired of the BS that my 
brain feeds me whenever it feels afraid or threatened or I'm trying to push it outside of its comfort zone. It feeds me these stories and these beliefs and all that they are going to do is keep me small. All that they are going to do is keep me from trying. And so I've reached the place of my big gulp. Um, I talked about this book, Play Your Bigger Game by Rick Tamlin, um, talking about viewing life as a game. So I talked about how I have viewed life as a game. He has his own system for this game board as a way of understanding where you are in your life and in your journey. And that means identifying your hunger, identifying your comfort zones, identifying your compelling purpose, um, which I have all done, I think, um, in these first several episodes of this podcast, I, you know, without so many words and identifying these, none of these things and moving forward with, um, actually jumping into a coaching program that is going to require me to put in a lot of work each week with my own personal coach so that there's absolutely no place to hide. I will have to be completely upfront and honest and go through my own coaching process, working with other students and supporting other students of um, spending weekends away from my daughter. Um, And also the only way to graduate from this program is by completing 100 hours of coaching somebody else that I am getting paid for. In order to complete the program, they actually require you to start a business and work and do the work to make it successful so that when you leave the program, you are being launched into your career. That is why I feel like this program is a good fit. That is why I want this program. And that is why it is absolutely scaring the pants off me. This is my bold action. This is the centerpiece in this play your bigger game um, on this game board that um, Rick talks about in his book. And so I definitely have been able to identify myself and where I'm at when I've been reading this book. And part of this process of identifying old beliefs, of identifying who I want to be, where my power center is, and is Facing down this massive unknown and addressing this question of what if I fail and saying, so what? Whatever. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do my best. I will do what is uncomfortable for me and ask for help. Um, It makes me want to cry just thinking about it because it's so uncomfortable for me to ask for help because I feel so much shame around how I have been dependent on other people in the past. And I don't know where the story came from. I don't know if this is just a really American thing to think that you have to be able to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, but that's not how human society works. In human society, we need each other. If I'm going to be a coach, I have to Come, be able to come from a place of recognizing and not offering judgment to other people that they need help. If people are going to come to me for help, I can't be judging myself for needing help myself. Do you see the irony there? I, it's okay to ask for help. So I'm taking this big gulp. I am saying enough is enough. It is time to change. It is time to do something different. It is time to take a 
big risk and a huge leap forward and not place any judgment on myself on whether it works out or how it works out or when it works out. Because whether I am able to, to get the money to start the program in two weeks or whether I started in a year, this is what I am going to do. And so I'm going to be asking people to partner with me. Um, I'll be posting um, a GoFundMe to my social media. So, you know, if you feel inclined, check that out. I am grateful um, for whatever this ends up being because it's really just part of my journey. I'm going to be grateful whether or not the money comes in right away. Um, that would certainly be amazing and terrifying at the same time. And if it doesn't, then that just means I have a year to work through my beliefs and my money story, a year to um, ask for help, a year to come up with creative solutions, and it's going to work out. It's going to be a whatever, where I just let go and trust the process and anticipate miracles, whether the miracle comes in two weeks or in one year. I'm going to choose to be in a place of trust and belief in abundance and gratitude, no matter how this works out. So, my dear friends, this week, um, maybe some of this really resonated with you. Maybe this means going back through the podcast and asking yourself those questions um, that Claire brought up that I had to address this week around my identity and um, identifying what my own power center is and recognizing that we do all have the power to change our lives and it starts with radical responsibility. So I love you. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I can't wait to talk to you again and share more of this journey with you. Have a great week. Thank you for joining me today. I am so thrilled and honored to have you with me on this journey. And I'm excited to keep the conversation going. Send me your thoughts on what we talked about, and maybe I will feature it in the next episode. You can email me at thepodcastlove at gmail.com, or you can send me a voice message on Anchor. The links are in the show notes below. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share, rate, and review so that others can find the show and join the conversation. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.